Hello and welcome back to the House of Cars podcast. I hope you all had a very good Christmas and a very happy new year to you all. Coming up, all new Top Gear America premieres on Motor Trend January 29th, 2021. Disney reportedly requests apology from Gina Carano. Jeremy Clarkson reveals a scary battle with COVID-19. And James May on swapping cars for cooking and his mission to rescue the kitchen from cooking snobs. All that and more is to come. But first, all new Top Gear America premiering on Motor Trend on the 29th of January. A full year after the three presenters for Top Gear America were announced, it has been confirmed that the new series will premiere on Motor Trend app on the 29th of January 2021, so just under about three or four weeks away. Hosting the show while will be actor Dax Shepard, comedian Rob Cordery, and noted automotive journalist Jethro Bovingdon. Motor Trend says the first episode will feature three very distinct supercars without actually specifying what they are, and a segment on how to drift. In addition, the trio of presenters will look to prove you can go over landing for less money than some people spend on the wheel and tire packages of their vehicles. A wide array of vehicles are also being promised for the show, including the most iconic of muscle cars and some of the fastest SUVs currently on sale. It all sounds rather fun, but inevitably, the show will have to prove itself over its predecessors. The first iteration of Top Gear for the US premiered on History way back in 2010 and featured Tanner Faust, Adam Ferreira and Rutledge Wood. The series ran for 72 episodes across six seasons before concluding in 2016. The US version of the show was then revitalized as Top Gear America and aired on BBC America for a single season with presenters William Fincher, Tom Ford, and Antron Brown. Those looking to watch the new Top Gear America will have to sign up to the Motor Trend app, currently available for a $2 a month for $2 a month through a holiday bundle. Once again, the brand new series of Top Gear America airs on the Motor Trend app in just about four weeks' time. Now, to entertainment news now, um, Disney reportedly requests apology from Gina Carano. Gina Carano, who plays ex-mercenary mercenary and current New Republic Marshal Cara Dune in The Mandalorian, has been the topic of much social media controversy lately. Carano is vocal about her political and social opinions, especially on her Twitter account, where they have led to some extreme divisionness among other social media users. For months, there have been rumours that Corano's Mandalorian character is set to receive a spin-off series. These intensified when Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy announced Rangers of the New Republic at the Walt Disney Company's Investor Day event on the 10th of December, 2020. No details were provided about the upcoming Star Wars series, aside from the fact that it is being developed by the brilliant team of John Favreau and Dave Filoni, and it will interconnect with both The Mandalorian and another spin-off, Ahsoka. 
It serves to reason, however, that Rangers of the New Republic is or was supposed to be uh, the rumoured Cara Dune spin-off. After all, the character's major story arc in the second season of The Mandalorian has been, quite literally, becoming a Ranger of the New Republic. Now, reports indicate that Disney has requested an apology from the former women's MMA fighter if they are to grant her a spin-off series. Presumably, the company would want her to apologise for some of the tweets that she has shared to her account amid the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. It cannot be known what sorts of clauses are in Carano's contract, so it is possible there may be grounds for this type of request. It is currently worth noting that neither Disney nor Lucasfilm has publicly commented on Carano's ongoing social media drama. Um, Co-star Pedro Pascal, who plays the title character, Dean Dajarin, has in fact publicly supported her amid the online strife. Until Disney or Lucasfilm executives issue an official statement regarding the potential for Cara Dune Mandalorian spin-off series, it is important to remember that the rumour that this rumour of the request of the request for an apology is unconfirmed. And that is from InsideTheMagic.net. Moving on to who wants to be a millionaire stuff now related to the Grand Tour. Um, also, Jeremy Clarkson reveals scary battle with COVID-19. The Grand Tour and who wants to be a millionaire host still does not know if he has fully recovered. Jeremy Clarkson has revealed he had a scary experience fighting coronavirus over the Christmas period. The Grand Tour host, 60, has said he still does not know if he has fully recovered from the virus. He wrote in his column for the Sunday Times, Four days before Christmas, I woke in the night to find my sheets were soggy, and then I had a constant dry cough. After his test came back positive, the doctor was very clear. I'd feel under the weather for between 5 and 14 days, and then I'd either get better or I'd have to go to hospital. Because I am 60 and fat, and because I've smoked half a million cigarettes and had double, pneumo- and had double pneumonia, I'd probably die on my own in a lonely plastic tent. The Who Wants to Be a Millionaire host wrote, I also had to self-isolate. I took myself off to bed with the new Don Wilson book, Don Winslow book even, excuse me, and a book of kale and a bag of kale to uh, wait for the Grim Reaper to pop his head around the door. I'm not going to lie, it was quite scary. With every illness I've had, there has always been a sense that medicine and time would eventually ride to the rescue. But with COVID-19, you have to lie there on your own, knowing that medicine is not on its way. And that time is your worst enemy. While he didn't feel too bad initially, Clarkson's breathing really did start to get laboured and there was always the doctor's warning ringing in my head uh, and how it might suddenly get worse. He said, We keep being told that we know a great deal about COVID but what I've learned over the past 10 days is we don't. We don't know how long we are infectious for. We don't know how to tackle it. We don't know what it does to us. We don't know how long the antibodies last. We don't know how easy it is to catch it twice. We certainly don't know if the vaccines will work long term. I don't even know if I'm better now. He also criticised BBC coverage of the pandemic, saying it was doom and gloom. 
Doom with added gloom. And that was uh, PA reporting on that. I presume that's the press association or something. Um, and finally, our last and final story for um, this episode. The Kitchen Mechanic. Former Top Gear presenter James May on swapping cars for cooking and his mission to rescue the kitchen from cooking snobs. Car fanatic James May reckons anyone can cook. He thinks ingredients are just materials that are used to put anything together, like wood or steel or fabric. So he wrote a cookbook to prove his point. For someone so closely associated with noisy, powerful cars, it might come to some as a surprise to learn that James May is firmly in the electric camp when it comes to the future of motoring. On the day we talk, he ho- he's holed up in semi-lockdown in London, and we're supposed to be chatting about his new cookbook for Amazon Prime TV series, both called O Cook. It is anti-cooking food project, aimed at people who aren't the usual audience for cookbooks and cookery shows. But it's not long before the topic turns to his first and greatest love, cars in all their varieties. I am an electric car fan. I've got three of them, a Tesla Model S, a BMW i3 and a hydrogen powered Toyota Myra. Uh, I think the future of motoring will be powered by electric motors. Although how we store that electrical energy, whether it's batteries or hydrogen or something we haven't thought of yet, is to be de- is to be decided, says May. The thing with electric cars is that at the moment they're mostly in the hands of pioneers and possible and with people who have a pioneering spirit. Uh, they often want to defend the electric car to the point that they become blind to the current shortcomings, and there are many. The big leap, according to May, will happen when buying an electric car is just buying a car. For that to happen, the charging network has to be improved a lot and everywhere. The UK government recently said it wants to stop the sale of petrol or diesel powered cars from 2030 with the possible exemption of some hybrids. But for this to work, then a huge amount of work needs to be done to shore up the car infrastructure the electric car infrastructure he says lockdown has been has had a big effect on may's working life most of his uh, tv work dried up in 2020 with our man in and the grand tour both for amazon having to be postponed for the first time in a while he found himself with time on his hands i can't really grumble because i've had 25 years of working from home and there are other things i could i could get on with to start with it meant I could do this book because otherwise I would have almost certainly put it off. I actually got it finished early, which shocked my publisher. It's the first time that's happened, he says. Nobody related or close to me has been seriously ill, so I've been pretty lucky. A few mates have tested positive, but only had mild systems, had mild had mild symptoms. And certainly there have been no deaths close to me. In the introduction to the new book, he makes something of a strong statement. We live in an age where too many restaurants serve buggered about ingredients to bored people who really ought to find something creative or constructive to do. Where the chef has become chef and must be 
revered as a temperamental artist. Cooking is not an art, it is a task. I ask him this is uh, if this is some kind of manifesto. If he dislikes media food culture so much, why has he joined in with a book of his own? Now you've read it back to me, it's a bit strong, isn't it? But it does annoy me when people say they love food as if that's a mark of sophistication because everybody in the world loves food. You won't find a single person who hates food. It's not possible. It's like hating breathing, he says. For the most part, the kitchen is a, worship, uh, is a workshop and ingredients are like the materials that are used to put anything together, like wood or and steel or fabric. But the great thing about cooking is that you can enjoy the creative process and then consume the end result. So it doesn't clutter up your life like all the half-finished projects that you have in your garage. O-Cook contains 60 recipes that are built for the on the cover as being so easy that an idiot can make them. Uh, publicity material for the books states that its goal is to drive a blunt meat skewer through the... Bourguignon pseudo-intellectualism of foodie media. Uh, chapters include brunch, pasta, pub grub, roast, curry night, Asian fusion, the great outdoors, spongy things and store cupboard saviours for when the fridge is empty. Even Spam makes an appearance in the form of recipes for roast, for roast block of Spam and Spamming. Spam with ramen noodles. Uh, despite all the bluster and the tinned meats, it's actually quite good food. Or quite good, even. Uh, it's the kind of book that would make an excellent starter for someone getting into cooking for the first time. A teenager heading to college or anyone who has never found the time in the past to learn the basics. Hidden gems include how to roast chicken and make the trimmings. Fry an omelette, make spaghetti, bolognese, steak and chips, cottage pie, chili con carne... A stir fry, uh, decent curry, and there are also a few vegetarian workhorses, um, such as lentil lasagna and bean cassoulet. Um, there are lots of other recipes too, but mostly it contains the basic building blocks of cooking skills. There is no need to overcomplicate this. It's something that literally billions of people do quite successfully every day, and if they didn't, we wouldn't be here. So we can approach it as a mechanical task. Now, if you want to, you can try to elevate it to art. Fine, feel free. But there's too many people trying to use food as a badge of sophistication. A lot of the time, I find a bit phony, he says. There's a word of difference between people doing that and genuine experts like, say, my friend Oz Clark, who really does understand everything about his speciality, uh, which is wine. When he speaks about that subject, he really knows what he is talking about and is very eloquent. Um, but a lot of the time, what passes for expertise in the food media is one-upmanship. People trying to claim they're better than others and more intellectual. May is doing himself a disservice. His book is not, in fact, a celebration of ignorance. A lot of 
it is well observed, and the easy manner with which he writes. <coughs> Excuse me. And the joking around he does uh, serve to make a topic that can be scary and difficult for people easier to access. I was one of those people, and I'm not sure, and I'm sure there are millions of us out there who could cook, I reckon, five, maybe six things. And that was my regular um, repertoire, which I've been cooking since I was in my 20s. And I can actually do them pretty well because I've done them hundreds of times over, he says. I've done hundreds of shepherd's pies, I've done hundreds of carbonaras, and I'm confident in doing those. But I never learned that it's about the principles and methods rather than the recipes. I'd never thought, well, if I can make that, then it's not that different from making this. It's a bit like that dreary old adage about the difference between learning to fish and being given a fish. Once you have the principles, argues May, you can go anywhere. He's particularly fond, he says, of a Picasso quote that says, if you learn the rules like a pro, you can break them like an artist. You need to know the basics about which herbs go with which things and which things don't mix together. Why, when you cook a piece of meat like a steak, you should oil the meat, not in the pan. Not the pan. Um, why you shouldn't let your wok get much hotter than people dare. That sort of thing, he says. So given his reputation as a presenter of a car show with an unashamedly male following, is O'Cooked aimed at men? Not so, he says. A lot of people have said it's a bloke's cookbook, but I don't think that's actually true. Maybe 20 years ago you could have said not being able to cook was a blokey thing, but I don't think that's true anymore. I would hope this book will be read by people like me who haven't dared to venture further into cooking and possibly some women my age as well, says me. But more importantly, a lot of the younger people I work with are in their 20s of both sexes, have never really done any cooking because they became slaves to things like delivery and takeaways and meal deals from the supermarket and so on. There's a lot of stuff in there for them. And that just about does it for the... Um, for this episode, anyway, um, if you have any suggestions for what I would like, to, what I would, what you want me to cover next, um, please do get in touch with me. Um, I'll be back here same time next week um, with more of the same. Until then, thank you very much for listening and I'll see you next week. Oh, and by the way, um, you can now notify... You can now get notified when a new podcast episode is uploaded um, by simply clicking the plus button. If you're accessing the podcast through Spotify, you can add it to your list of episodes. Or if you're accessing it through any other podcast platform, I'm sure simpler, similar principles apply. Uh, but until then, thank you very much for watching, for listening, and I'll see you again next week at the same time. Bye-bye.